You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 21. Hello, my beautiful creators. Today I'm so excited because I have this absolutely sick interview today. Who uses the word sick anymore? Seriously, am I in 2008? Okay, but it's it's really, really good. I am joined today by Lisa Denae, um, originally OC pop princess, me and her, her and I, I can't speak today apparently, we are both clients of my fabulous producer, John McLucas, and she has a wonderful, beautiful story to share with us, and we're going to be talking about all the things that we talk about here on Mind Made Wrong. So tune in, get set, and also this, the video portion of this is on YouTube. So if you'd rather see us in the flesh, she's so beautiful. Um, you go ahead and do that. It is on Steel Maggie Music on YouTube and under Mind Made Wrong, episode 21 with Lisa Denae. All right, here we go. Hi, this is Miss Lisa Denae. I'm Steel Maggie and it is a wonderful, wonderful time that I feel is about to happen today. All right, let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Let's give, let's give everyone all your socials and where we can find you on the internet. Okay, my name is Lisa Denae. I'm a pop recording artist and songwriter. My website is lisadenae.com. L-I-S-A-D-A-N-A-E.com. And then all of my social handles, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of that is Lisa Denae Music. I just followed you and I don't really know why I I haven't followed you earlier because I, I've, I've known of you since last year. I know. Same, just like, same like, here. Like, I was like, what am I doing? I'm like, oh, lazy. <laughs> I don't know. No, because I've heard your music and I've, um, I, like, I know about you, you know, it's like, I'm like, you're probably one of the main clients of his that I know about, by the way, we're both produced by my producer, John McLucas. Um, for those of you who have not heard me talk about him all the time. Um, so I'm always talking my podcast. I know. I always talk about him too. <laughs> He's we can get like royalties for that. <laughs> exactly. He's probably mentioned on like every other episode. And like, I'm always just like tagging him and shit. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so he produces both of us and, um, I, I, or as I know, Blue Mason, and um, I've actually, I, I've met him, and I met Shauna, and that's about it, and I follow both of the, I just, I just don't know what's wrong with me, <laughs> so, okay, uh, it's, it's, it happens, it happens, it's a big, it's, it's a, it's a, um, what's it called, a tornado, no, a, a, a black hole media, you know, it is, it is, it really is, like, you just get lost, sure. <laughs> all right, so um, tell us your origin story. I want to know how you started as a singer and a musician and the whole story of what brought your career, what, what brought you to your career as it stands today. So I actually started singing 
pretty much when I was like three years old, I grew up heavily like Disney influenced all those Disney sing-along VHS tapes. I had them, um, Disney movies. Um, basically I would line up my stuffed animals like in front of the TV and then stand on the couch and play those videos and just sing to my stuffed animals. And then Santa gave me <laughs> a microphone and a boombox when I was six. So I got that microphone and yeah, I just didn't want to put it down. So I've basically been extremely interest, interested in music at a young age. My parents, you know, made sure that I was well-rounded with the genres that I was listening to. I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, Queen, um, Tony Braxton, Mariah Carey, um, Janet Jackson, Etta James, Ella Fitzgerald. So really like wide range of music. And then I started playing piano at seven. Um, I'm an only child, so I was very blessed and lucky to be able to do like any extracurricular activity that I wanted to and yeah piano was one of the first and then I got really into like art and painting um, I did figure skating for a while I played violin for six years um, actually I'm really sad that I don't play that anymore but I used to be really good <laughs> um, and then I was yeah I used to be really good at violin and yeah I just stopped because I actually wanted to play volleyball so then I started focusing on volleyball and piano and singing and I was in choir like starting fourth grade did that through college I majored in music business in college um, so music is Same. just oh really yeah oh my gosh yeah I majored in music business it's um it was, I went to a liberal arts school, like a very small liberal arts school um, in North Carolina of all places, but, um, but it was really cool. I was in um, this group called the Vernaculars, which was just a, essentially kind of like a cover band. And I was the lead singer like my freshman year and it was just an amazing experience. Um, and yeah, choir in college was definitely really fun as well. We traveled like up and down the East Coast and just singing at amazing, beautiful uh, venues and churches. So, um, so yeah, music has been in my life forever. My first recording studio experience was when I was 15. And oh, wow. then in school or in college, I recorded my first album. Um, that one was released in 2009. <laughs> it's a very long time ago. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> 10 years ago. Oh my gosh, that was 10 years ago. Oh my God. That's been Holy crap. crap. Um, yeah, so 2009, I released that, but that was more pop rock based. I was very into Paramore. So it had more of that feel to it. And then I kind of took a break from my own music and became a merch girl for a few years with four bands. So I did Vans Warp Tour for a few years with different bands and then some just regular tours as well. And then 2012 was actually when I stopped, um, I decided to stop selling merch or being a merch girl and really wanted to focus on my own music. So then with that stuff, it was more pop based, more of what I wanted originally wanted to do um like when I was growing up I've always wanted to be like a pop star <laughs> um I think I was just going through like a phase and really had to find my sound you know that really took a long time for me to find my sound um it honestly wasn't until last year that 
with with Lucas and then my co-writer um Jen she helped me really find my sound so that's kind of the little backstory I love (laughs) it's it's so interesting to hear like an evolution of I think dreams and um and you're just trying to figure that out and you 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 made it full circle right from the stuffed animals (laughs) (laughs) you did (laughs) so it's not like that wasn't that was in vain you know um how did you find your co-writer was this did you know her from college or no so I work part-time at a restaurant in Pasadena and she was there um we helped open the store actually so she was actually one of my first friends and I didn't really actually find out that she was into music or even was a songwriter maybe until uh I don't know like a few months or six months in to us working together but we were always just friends from training and then I actually performed at Paul Martin's and she was there she was working so she got to see me perform and she was kind of like blown away like she just had no idea you know we our extent of talking about music was just literally in passing or like random conversations but neither of us kind of knew I had no idea that she had all of these awards for songwriting or anything like that so um, we didn't really connect with music until after she saw me perform so that's where I met her and then at the end of 2017 was when we started writing songs together. And I really had no idea what to expect. Um, I just knew about all those awards. So I was extremely intimidated because I still kind of consider myself as a green songwriter. It's, it's kind of hard for me to, I think I just overthink when it comes to writing actual lyrics. And that was something that she was able to help me with was, you know, our, when we write together, it's really like an interview. She'll just ask me questions, even if it's just like, how was your day today? And then I'm just telling her about my day and she's just writing down um, words that really stick out to her. So she's just like, she's a very gifted writer. um, And she's very good at translating my thoughts. (laughs) So that helped me a lot with um, all the new stuff that I have been releasing last year um, and then this year as well. That's brilliant. Okay, so she just kind of helps you unpack um, your your day-to-day and what maybe has happened, I guess, in your life and just kind of gets it into the into that song format, into that, yeah. okay, this feels like a song. Because yeah, because you, yeah. oh, sorry, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, usually, like, <laughs> yeah, usually, like, even if it's just about my day, like, it'll end up, obviously, our conversation will go off into a tangent, right, like normal conversations do, so then it'll bring up something that may have been, like, eating at my mental capacity, so then, you know, that ends up turning into this, the concept of the song. And then from there, we're able to um, write the full thing. Absolutely. I, I've been looking for, it's, I have, I have friend co-writers, um, but it's, it's so hard because, uh, you know, that it's not their job, you know, kind of for her, it's like her, like, this is like part of like what she like really, really does. And I think that is just such a blessing for you. Um, And I remember John telling me that this, um, this, 
what you released with him last year because I think we released it around the same time. Um, but when he, when you, we were recording at the same time, I yeah. think. And yeah. um, he said it was really, really um, important to you. Um, you know, when it came to like the things that you've like really been through and I kind of want to get into that, um, talking about that journey of that album and, or album, was it an album or EP? It was an EP, but I ended up marketing everything as singles. Sorry. I'm already, um, getting emotional. Just thinking about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Let me know if it's, sorry. <laughs> let me know if it's too much. Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I want people to know, you know, so, yeah. um, yeah, okay. it was extremely yeah. important to me and, um, yeah. I'll just let you take over <laughs> well, yeah. a little bit. We'll, we'll go through it in a, in a it, we don't have to do it all at once. Um, so I want to get into um, the, the meat and potatoes of what we talk about here on the podcast, what, which I think possibly when you're talking about your EP um, may segue into um, so my my question is was there ever a time in your life when you believed that your mind was made wrong that you felt like something was just not that something was wrong up there and you um and I want to know how you got beyond that how you um how you went about the process of healing um it really just um it stems from 2016 was like really hard for me. I I was in a um, five-year relationship with someone that I just thought that this was it and that we were going to be forever or together forever. And I mean, our relationship was honestly probably should have ended like after two years or after three years because we were you know, we had taken, like, we took, like, maybe two or three breaks within our relationship and just needed, like, time away from each other. Um, I w- I mentally checked out definitely, like, probably, like, 2015, like, when I moved up to LA. I used to live, or I grew up in Southern Orange County, so when I moved up to LA um, in 2015, that's when I mentally checked in, but at that point, it was, you know, it was, like, comfortable, right? Um, his family knew my family. I knew his family. His family looked at me as a daughter. My family looked at him as a son. Um, and yeah, even like our extended families, I was, we were all just extremely close. And, um, we took a break in 2015 or I called for that break. And then (laughs) I kind of knew like, I didn't really want to be with him together or I didn't want to be with him anymore. But then I don't know. I just got scared and I didn't want to break it off because I didn't want anyone to like judge me for breaking it off. So we got back together and then 2016, we lived apart and, um, that just like, I think ruined our relationship essentially. Like we barely saw each other. I was working a lot. He was, um, he was producing and like trying to focus on that and get his career started as well. Um, also around the time that our breakup happened, which was in November of 2016, uh, my parents started talking about getting a divorce. I will never forget a conversation that I had with, like, 
I have a core group of girlfriends from high school and we still keep in touch. And I remember maybe like a year or two before my parents started talking about divorce, someone in that group said, it really, I think it's so great that our parents are all still together because that's not common, right? A lot of, you know, a lot of parents end up getting a divorce once their kids, you know, grow older. And I remember when my friend said that in my head, I was like, if anyone's parents are going to get a divorce, it's going to be mine. Oh, like a year later was when I started hearing that my parents weren't doing well. And that, that was like a strong thing was that they were going to be separated. Um, so I think those two things, they just like really hit me like really, really hard because my relationship was breaking down. My parents' relationship was breaking down. I was still really struggling, obviously, like with music and like trying to make it my career because that's all I've ever wanted in life. So I was really analyzing my life when all of this was happening. And I just really wanted my life to end. And I never told anyone until like recently, honestly, until I started writing. And so I started writing with Jen, like I told her everything about my life. For the last two years, I just really wanted to end my life. And when my parents found out that I even had those thoughts, you know, obviously, they're just like really like sad that I was that broken, you know, and that just like, I don't even know how to explain it um, as far as, you know, what they kind of put me through. Because in the beginning of when they're wanting to be separated and stuff, you know, they're kind of putting that all on me because I felt like I really had to choose, pick sides. Yeah. And that made it extremely difficult. I have no one else. I'm an only child. I have no one else. I can't talk to a sibling about this. No one else like is dealing with this, you know? So I think that's, it just really, really hurt me. But what I, I I really honestly just to get out of it, um, I think I was just really lucky because there was no particular, there wasn't a particular thing that kind of like woke me up from all of it. I just like, I woke up one day and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, I can fucking do this, you know? Yeah. And that's not common at all for anyone that goes through depression. And um, I don't know, I I felt extremely unmotivated. I was extremely lost, especially after losing someone that I thought I was gonna be with forever for five years. But um, I just, I felt extremely lost. Like I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what to do. Um, I felt like I depended on him way, way, way too much. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just, I, I was extremely lucky to literally just wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and to just be like, girl, like you can fucking do this. You don't need anyone to, you know, you don't need anyone. (laughs) You can do this on your own. 
I, so, um, that is yeah. really rare. That is so rare. Cause yeah. And like a, I said, I, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. I just woke up one day, so I don't know. Well, well, what, what words would you, what words would you give to someone who would be going through the same thing? Um, I think for me, it really was, I lost myself in that relationship. I think what hurt me was that he wanted to, my ex is, um, he's a great guy. He really is. I don't want to like tarnish his name. Um, he's a great guy. I think he always wants to be at the center, center of attention. So I think that's the reason why I lost myself. I don't necessarily always want to be the center of attention, but at the same time, when you have someone or a partner that wants to be the center of the attention all the time, that kind of means that you got to dwindle your personality. Yeah. I think that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So, um, my advice as far as like getting out of that mental state of depression is, um, if you're in a relationship rather, um, you really got to make sure that you stay true to yourself in a relationship because I think that is, um, I've noticed that when my friends are in relationships and they do lose themselves or I feel like they're losing themselves and then they break up, I feel like they kind of go through what I went through, maybe not in the same way as far as wanting to, you know, end your life, but still, you know, you're beating yourself up. Yeah. Ultimately. So, um, so if you are in a relationship and you, I, I would just say like really try to, you know, stay true to yourself and, um, don't let your partner, like, I don't want to say have all the control cause he wasn't controlling, but don't become your partner. Don't become, yeah. Yeah, don't, 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 let, don't, into, don't, yeah. don't lose your sun. Like don't let, don't lose your light. Don't lose your yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I I, that's really what I can say. Um, it's because yeah, I think that that really affected me when all of this was happening was that I felt, yeah, I just felt like I lost myself in that relationship so when I lost that relationship and then I was losing also my parents, um, yeah, I, I think I, that's why I felt so, I was just like, well, I don't know who the, who am I? Like, who am I? Like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, and so then, yeah, you're starting to say and guess yourself. And then, you know, I was thinking like, is anyone actually going to miss me? Like if I'm gone. So I think that's why I went into that, um, mental state of wanting to leave this earth as because yeah I was just like is someone really actually going to miss me because I don't know who I am you know everyone was so wrapped up in their own you know life and you didn't have you had their identity in them so when that was falling apart you had nothing to support yeah. you right you know? yeah so that's, 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 that's very, that's very profound. And I'm so, I'm so glad you were completely able to articulate that. That was just, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, now I want to talk about the most significant struggle you face when it comes to the relationship 
um, with between your career and your mental health today? So, yeah, I've been doing, obviously I've been pursuing music for a very long time. Um, it's with social media, it's very hard not to compare yourself to other people. Um, you know, I like to say that I don't, um, but that's not true. Um, I'm even guilty of, obviously we both love McLucas. Obviously I'm jealous of everything that has come his way within the time that I met him. Literally um, like the past year, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Like knowing when I met him, like what was going on and then to see him where he is now in like a year, literally a year is, um, amazing to me, but obviously I am comparing myself to him, right? Because I knew him when he was kind of really just starting out. Um, so with social media, it's extremely difficult not to compare yourself with other people. Um, I have obviously been trying to work on that and I've definitely gotten better, I would say, as I've gotten older, because back in the day, I would always compare myself with other female artists. And I'm just like, why? I don't understand, like, why they get to be doing what I want to do. Like, I feel like I'm better, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all, those rude, all those rude comments, you know, like, but as I've gotten older and as I've become more confident in myself and who I am, and really, honestly, not caring about what people think about me. Um, it, that's how I, I've just, yeah, I've gotten better at trying not to compare myself with other people. I am extremely happy for Mick Lucas. I have to say that because I feel like if someone's, <laughs> if someone sees this, they're gonna be like, oh, she's dead. No, I'm extremely, <laughs> trust me, like this guy, this kid is a hustler and he definitely deserves it. Um, and I am definitely happy for other people that are like my friend, Jen, who is a co-writer. She's starting to release her own music. She just, um, has, she has new songs that she worked with McLucas on and she's about to release her stuff. And I'm so stoked for her because, you know, she always tells me that I've been an inspiration to her because she sees that I'm you know, this is what I want to do in life, like make music my career and I'm not stopping. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, um, I would, yeah, I think with social media, just it wears you down with your mental health. And um, like I said, I think I've just been extremely lucky and um, I'm able to just be fully confident in myself and my abilities, my talent, um, my work ethic. And I just keep going. And I hope that I am inspiring other people. Um, but you know, it is hard because I feel like people tell me that I'm such an inspiration to them. And I'm just kind of like, why? (laughs) I don't know why I feel like, you know, some of them, I feel like they're kicking ass like more than I am but I mean I'll take it (laughs) 
I would. Just a little, little pat on the back. And, and honestly, to give women credit where credit is due, um, all John McLucas has to do is literally throw some shit in his hair, put on a t-shirt <laughs> with fucking pineapples or birds on it, and he's ready for the camera. Like, you know, like, because we're expected to do all yeah. this stuff. It's, like, way harder for us. You yeah. Know? Like, it's uh yeah no we definitely have to do a lot more work you have to work that much harder um so and it's it's so take take that you know just like it's we have we have a lot a little bit more to um to we shouldn't right we shouldn't have that much more to we shouldn't care we shouldn't care but like it's societally like it's inside of us it's like yeah I, i have to do you know have to do this or else I'm gonna look like shit you know and like I'm gonna like just people are gonna be like oh and I I feel like just fuck that but it's so like in me you know (laughs) like it's so annoying um but anyway I'm glad I'm glad you shared that because um social media is it's it's a good thing and it's a bad thing yes Um, yeah and I yeah I love social media but um I mean definitely when I started um, I guess started really like going, like honing in on my social media and really focusing on that. Um, I was, you know, keeping obviously things private. I wasn't sharing my breakup. I wasn't sharing that I went through depression. Um, I wasn't sharing that I have anxiety, you know, like people don't want to see that. Um, it was after I had gotten out of that, um, depressional state, which by the way, I will say depression is not something that you overcome. I still go through depression. Um, it's some, it's a battle and, um, yeah, you, it's not like I just got rid of it and it's not there anymore. It's, it's always, I think it's always going to be in me. Um, but I just have to, yeah, remember to live in the light, which is something that I, you know, still strive to do, um, every day. But I do want to say that because it's not like I just depression disappeared and I'm like magically repaired. No, that's that's not true. Um, it's um, a- oh, well, after I got out of that um, state of mind, um, that's when I started sharing, um, you know, what I was going through. And I think the first post that I posted from kind of like my mini hiatus um, during that time was uh, a song by. Tori Kelly. It was her intro, her intro on the album that I can't think of. And I think the song's just called Intro. Um, I just did a cover of it and it was just a cappella. And then I wrote a whole description. And it I think it's posted on Instagram. I know it's for sure on Facebook. Um I just posted everything that I was going through and why I was gone and why I wasn't active on social media for a while. Um, And then, yeah, of course, you know, people were responding to that and just wishing me, um, you know, a good recovery mentally. So um, that's when I actually started really paying attention to lyrics too with music. Um, What are the other artists were saying? You know, it sounds so cliche, but I feel like music really did save my life. And I was just um, paying attention to what my favorite artists were saying and knowing that they were going through the same thing. I mean, Katy Perry has 
I even did a cover of it. It was Katy Perry has the song um, By the Grace of God. That song saved her life. Um, and yeah, I remember listening to that and covering it. And I was like, I know exactly what you were going through. So I, that's why I love music so much is that, you know, artists, um, if, when they are able to or want to be vulnerable with their fans, I think it helps their fans because they're, they're no, knowing that, you know, someone that looks like they're, they have their life so put together on their social media um, and then listening to their music and their lyrics, like, it, it's like, oh, wait, they are, they are humans. They are actually like us. Right. Stars. They're just like us. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. I think, I think that's so, um, that perspective that is something that I just only realized is that people, you think that people don't want to hear, um, your bullshit, you know, like your issues and things, but how many times, like, you know, you go on social media and you're just like, I feel like I'm alone because everyone's posting the best of the best of the best, yep. you know? And it's like, we got to show people our B-roll, you know? Yeah. Like, we have to show, like, like that's like the, I feel like that's like the new um, spirit now is that people, I, I don't, I don't want to see, that's a, a lot of times I'm not on social media is because I don't want to see like all the good things because I'm struggling, you know? It's like, I want right. to see like some people like throwing up, you know? <laughs> like, yep. you know like, <laughs> I want to see right. like, like, like verbally, obviously like this. Right. <laughs> I want to see people like going through it, you know? And then it's, it's so rare when I do. And it's like, okay, like I know I, I feel connected to whoever it is, you know? And I, I, of course, McLucas, like, I don't feel like, like I love him, but I don't feel connected most of the time because a lot of the times he's just like doing like his content is not directed towards me, you know, and it's like, right. it's so perfect, you know, and it's so, right. like, it's so packaged, you know, <laughs> and it's like, that's not what I'm like, of course that works for his audience and it's working for him. But like, for me, I feel like, and for like people that I am trying to reach and for um, the people that I'm writing for, I feel like, I feel like vul vulnerability is a new black. So I don't, I just, oh, I just thought, yeah. That, right? yeah. No, um, for sure. Yeah. I agree. And I, I think, I think there are like some like influencers out there that are trying to like balance, um, their sponsored posts with yeah. uh, being vulnerable and being truthful about, you know, what they go through. Um, you know, it's, I think it's honestly been what, just within the past year that, some artists have come out saying that they deal with depression and anxiety. Um, and I think that it's just like, I feel like a lot of artists go through it and it's just because we are artists, like we're just emotional. Um, <laughs> there's, I don't even know like what, like some people tell me that I'm like way too emotional. And then now when people say that to me, I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm, an, I'm just an artist. Like I'm a creative mind and, you know, I'm constantly analyzing like everything now I have to, I have to, to be aware. Um, and I am very in tune with my emotions and that honestly, I think just really started happening after 
I went through um, that time in my life. Um, I'm very, very in tune with my emotions and I'm very um, fully aware of what's going on and um, what triggers things now because that's the only way for me to try to get it under wraps um, so that it doesn't explode into that dark space again. Yeah, I think it also has to do with um, the words that we use to describe, like to, in our, because um, I say this a lot on my podcast, um, is that um, our thoughts are basically just sentences, you know, and um, those words as art, as lyricists especially, um, we have to evoke meaning we have to evoke a feeling you know and so we're using and we're living those words and it's like so we're we're just basically manufacturing all these emotions inside you know whether yeah. they're beneficial or not you know and they're good for the art but they're not necessarily good for day to day you know <laughs> right <laughs> you know, like tone it down yeah. <laughs> i can't Oh. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. It's not. It's not happening. <laughs> you know. Um, so that is another thing that we have to contend with. And I'm so glad that you kind of brought that up. Um, and I wanted to. And I wanted to ask. I guess. Whoops. Um, from your perspective, um, because it's it's all of us. You know, we're all a lot of us um, listening and watching now. Are um, artists and lyricists and creative types, what do you see as that is the biggest pain point, pain point for uh, mental health um, in the entertainment and creative industries and music industries? Mm. Um, because what, um, I just think that a lot of times uh, we can, we all can get lost. It's not just, it's not just you and me, you know? Right. Um. That's a good question. Take your moment. Take your moment. It's good. <laughs> it's Ooh. called Clippy Clippy. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be like the biggest one. It doesn't have to be just something that may you might notice. You know, some... um, wait, repeat the question one more time. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's so I, what is the, what do you see as one of the biggest pain points for mental health in the entertainment and music industries right now and what do, in what way do you think this is the two part in what way do you think that music is able to shine a light on what most are not paying attention to um okay so i'm thinking well i think it's really the numbers as far as like the pain point um mm -hmm. like the you know streaming numbers or numbers of downloads i think it's just the numbers in general yeah, the numbers. social media numbers engagement numbers whatever um at least that's definitely for me personally it that's always been um a struggle for me and when i like really like analyze everything and um, get really down on myself is when i'm thinking about all that stuff or i'm looking at um, other artists that may be on my level, um, same genre-ish type thing, you know, um, uh, a female is obviously, like, if I'm looking specifically at a female artist, that's, yeah, in my genre, um, and then I'm just comparing our numbers, that's yeah. what gets me down and really, um, yeah, makes me uh, just kind of want to, like, quit mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, 
Because your identity is, you know, is in the mu- is, is is very rooted, you know, in the music. And when your music is not doing well, you're not doing well. You right. Know? Yeah. yeah. And you're just, yeah. And you're just like, well, why didn't they connect with my song? But then maybe that other artist has a similar concept or like topic and a further song as yours. And then they're like, wait, this has more, yeah, more numbers. And then, so I think the number game um, with everything, and then especially obviously with social media nowadays is really tough on artists. And um, yeah, I think that really like discourages them. Mm-hmm. As far as the industry, I don't think it's gonna change. Like, I don't think, um, I don't think numbers are ever gonna disappear as far as um, to, I don't know, help artists um, not not, uh, look at their career as a horrible career. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Right. It's not. It's not. It's. It's my hardest. It's my hardest question. Um, yeah. I do, um. I do know that it. That is one of the biggest things for me. And I'm just starting. You know, like I did release like an album. La- I did release an EP last year, but I didn't. Um. I didn't really do anything with it. Um. And it sucked because it was really really defined me you know it was like my first thing you know at like age like I was I was 25 last year and I released it and like it was like well finally because I had had all of these um these people saying like you need to release something you need to release something because I've been a songwriter since I was like 18 and I was always like you know like just writing things and singing and you know like people would see me like alive all the time they're like well when are you like releasing stuff and I'm like well when I'm ready and then I was ready and then I guess I wasn't, you know? And then, so I thought that, um, you know, when I saw the numbers and I'm like, I didn't really do do anything with this. And then well, kind of like put a nail, like, you know, yeah. I feel like in my, in my confidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually you just brought up another thing that I think <laughs> is um, something like a pain point um, is the age. Mm. that you know that's numbers game too um yeah um those are numbers i do tell people what my age is um because the industry has always the entertainment industry as a whole has always um kind of put down you know people that are older Mm -hmm. um that aren't in their teens Um, So I don't like to talk about my age. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's something that really like discourages people. And then especially just talking with, you know, like random people that are in the entertainment industry and then they're looking at you and asking like, how old are you? And then you're telling them that you're, you know, um, aspiring musician or whatever it may be aspiring actor and then they're kind of like wait you're this old and you're still like trying to aspire I think that's extremely (laughs) I think that's extremely (laughs) lame um I I am 30 years old 
I just turned 30 this year. Um, Girl slay. Um, you got it. Thanks. <laughs> um, I definitely don't feel 30. And I think that is the most important thing um, when it comes to um, the whole yeah age thing. I don't feel 30. I don't think I look 30. No, um, no, not at all. No. <laughs> I feel really great. And I have found my self-confidence mm -hmm. in my late 20s going into 30s. So I think it's a win for the industry to have artists, even new artists come to light in a mainstream form at my age. At, yes. Um, yes. I, think, I definitely think so. Um, male or female. Um, it really doesn't matter. Like it, it shouldn't matter if I, it just shouldn't matter. Period. I don't know. It what matter with to Willie say. Nelson. And like, I know that, you know, um, uh, there's an artist recently, Bibi Rexa. She just mm -hmm. made a song about, cause she just turned 30 and some music executive kind of like put her down for being 30. And she's kind of just now breaking into the mainstream world. So yeah, she was extremely pissed and I was, ex I was really mad when I saw what the guy said. And I think it's just really lame. I think age, age really isn't anything but a number. Yeah. And, um, I think anyone should be allowed to be in the mainstream world if you're older than 12. <laughs> Right. Like, okay. Like Billie Eilish and Lord are like, they're anomalies. You know what I'm saying? And then, but right. that people make it like, that's, that's you have, if you haven't popped by, by 16, you're never going to. And that's right. so false, you know, yeah. because it's like, and I bet that guy, I bet that guy was like 60 year old, 60 year old man and white. And it's like, yep. okay, well, where, just... <laughs> are you retiring soon? Like, how come you haven't popped yet? Right. <laughs> I think, you know, what sucks though, is that I feel like the movie industry is trying to make moves to change and, um, not just ageism, but like other things in general. And I feel like the music industry, for some reason, there's something about the music industry that I feel like won't ever change um, their thinking when it comes to that. Um, and I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. People always say that this is the hardest industry to be in, um, even over the movie industry, even over the fashion industry. For some reason, I've always heard from people that aren't even in the entertainment industry period that the music industry is a crazy world and that it is extremely difficult and I feel like yeah their mindsets over at those labels like I don't know what they're doing what they're thinking why they're thinking this way um unfortunately I just I don't even know if it, that's ever going to change with the age um I think it could if we all start popping I think at, it at the, that's the thing yeah like, well okay. that's the thing is that you know I'm glad that Bieberexa you know said something Taylor Swift backed her up on that um so I'm hoping that it does, but I just don't, that's something that I will never understand. If I, I feel like I can perform at a level and still be, um, relatable to a younger audience than my age, I, I definitely think I can. Um, and I just don't really understand 
I will never understand that. It's, it's labels and they're, they're, this is, this is the old industry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so a lot of, like a lot of times, like that's like kind of like, just like that dying gasp of like old shit. And I think it's moving into the new way. Of course, there's going to be young people. And of course, there's going to be old people. And maybe young is just not your, the, the, we can't just be forcing ourselves on a certain population. Um, and that's what the, the labels is once mostly one size fits all because yeah. that's, you can, you can throw money at what, at one size fits all, you know, you can't, right. you can't, extra work is, is not in their, in their wheelhouse, like the extra mental work. And right. I think if we're willing to do that, then we can, then we can take that over, you know, and we don't, and you see, there's so many people not having labels and being super, super successful. So it's like, for sure, they're realizing that we don't need them. Yeah. You know? So um, that obviously scares them too. So, yeah. Know, um, yeah. I mean, my ultimate goal was always like, Oh, I need to be signed. That's cause that's how I'm going to get my career. Right. But yeah, it's not anymore. Yeah. It's not, it's not like maybe to have like, you know, like stadiums, but like, you know, like you can get to a point where someone is going to want to be interested in you by yourself. You know, you don't need, you don't need that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know we took, we took a long time on that, but I'm so glad. Like, <laughs> I know, sorry. It took me a while to think about that one. It's okay. No, no, no. It's like we did. <laughs> we were hashing it. We were hashing it through. Um, I am, so I'm starting to, it's so good that we were talking about age because I'm starting to think in terms of vision and legacy lately. So I want to know what your, what is your vision for the future? What Ooh. impact are you seeking to make through music and your message? Take your time. That's like a big question too. <laughs> I just, I just, I just throw them on. <laughs> just a, just um, a question. No, I love it. Um, there's actually a couple things that I would like to leave behind, I guess, um, with my career. And one of them actually has to deal with the fact that, you know, the goal is not to be signed anymore. Um, I've always wanted to, the real reason, well, I, I love obviously music, singing, performing, but the real reason that I've always wanted my career is because I want to create jobs for my friends and even like my cousins, my family members that have always had an interest um, in the entertainment industry, whether it's stage production, um, graphic design for merch. Like I just have, you know, a lot of friends and family that want, they, they're creative minds as well. And um, I've always wanted my career so I can give them a career and we can all do it together. So that's actually one reason why I'm very picky about my friends as well um, and who I work with is because I'm ultimately thinking in the end who's going to be on my team when it's time to go like big the big time, big, yeah. big time yeah um so with that being said one of the legacies that I would like to leave behind is that you can make your dreams come true um that's something that I was taught at a very young age especially by my grandpa um who actually just passed in March but he um 
he was a lover of music um, and he always supported me and he is like the definition of someone who YOLO'd in life and made his dreams come true. He came from the Philippines. Um, well, he was actually an orphan at a young age and then he moved to the States from the Philippines and built Whoa. everything. Um, he created, um, you know, he, he was a dentist. So he, yeah, he brought over like the Filipino dental society in the States and all that stuff. So he's someone that I've always looked up to because he's just made his dreams come true from nothing. And, um, that's something that I want to show people is that you can, you can really do this on your own. You don't need anyone else. You just really have to find, you have to find, you know, that work ethic in you. You have to find that confidence in you and, um, you just got to know that you can freaking kill life. Like you can freaking do this. And, um, I don't know. I wish I could, you know, give someone something so that they have that in themselves, but you truly do have to find it within yourselves. And I think going through hardships as hard as they are, really are, um, it, it hopefully motivates you to get out of there and just, um, yeah, really, um, puts your life into perspective. So that's something that, yeah, I really just want my audience to know and, um, or learn from is that, yeah, anything is possible, really is. Um, another thing that I would like to, or hope to leave behind is that it is okay to be emotional and vulnerable and um, your life doesn't have to be picture perfect. That is not real. Um, I know I have friends that um, make their lives seem like it's picture perfect and it's really annoying and makes me want to throw up. <laughs> and uh, that was another reason as to why really I'm trying to showcase both sides of me. You know, um, I am a very positive person, um, but I will always have to deal with my anxiety and depression. And when I am feeling low, I am not afraid to share that anymore. Um, so I just really want, I hope that other people, um, yeah, just learn that it's okay it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry. It's really not that big of a deal. And because I think just society in general, like when they see someone crying, they're just like, Oh my God, like what's going on? Like they don't get it, but it's okay. Like sometimes I just cry like for no reason. <laughs> and I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Like sometimes you just have to let it out. And, um, so yeah, that's something that I hope, um, people like learn to do like or learn that it's okay to be emotional and vulnerable abs <laughs> yeah okay absolutely I just I well I am I am now an I'm now an audience member so <laughs> message received <laughs> uh, number one <laughs> I I love just that that you said um 
first of all, I'm sure your grandpa would be absolutely just over the moon um, <laughs> to see what you're doing, you know, and that you found that you released, or, or he knows that you released something, but um, yeah, yeah, um, but that you have this 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 legacy drive and to have to employ basically like your friends and family that's like everyone's usually like in it for themselves you know I think or just like oh they don't they don't have that and so I am really so glad that you have such a vision for that and you answered you answered you delivered on that <laughs> question <laughs> you didn't need to have it prepared <laughs> it was done um so one more thing, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Um, my end signature question is, how have you created beautiful things in 2019 so far? And what are your plans to continue to create beautiful things? So um, I just, in the beginning of this year, I released the last three singles from the EP that I made with McLucas and Jen last year. So um, I released Glutton and then Type Race, which is like a quirky dark pop single. And then I just released 1445, which does tell my story from the last two years. Um, and that video just dropped this past week. Um, I'm starting my new podcast, Sound Scrub, launches next Wednesday, which I am so excited about. This is like a year in the making. And oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we started it last year, actually. Um, and it was just with my songs, but I, um, we did or I did episodes with Nick Lucas and Jen, and we broke down my songs. But Sound Scrub is a place where I get to dissect other artists' songs with the artist and sometimes the producer, um, but we get to talk about the songwriting, um, what the lyrics are about, about, songs about how the production came to life, why they chose specific sounds. We break down everything and it's been so much fun so far. So I'm very excited for it to launch next week. I can't wait to have you on my podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, That's a good idea. Um, and learn about wording labels. So um, it's just been great. I've been meeting new artists and it's really cool learning everyone's songwriting process um what gets them in that headspace and what inspires them um so i've been having so much fun doing that so i hope to continue that i do have plans of how i would like to expand sound scrub um but i have i want to you know see how this goes first mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, take your time. Yeah, yeah, I just, I I had mine made wrong in the pocket for like a year. I actually figured out the um the title for mine made wrong in session with John Ma John McLucas John John made wrong, um because um, he's like my body is made wrong, you know, and and I, I guess he was like sick or something, and um um. There's, I, know, I don't know if you know Drag Race, but um, Latrice Royale, there's like a meme of her going body made, BMW, body made wrong. And I was like, sometimes I feel like my mind was made wrong. And then we were like, oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, but that was like last year in 2018 when we were recording. So, yeah. um, and I started this podcast in May of this year. So it's fine. Like, take your time. Yeah, I had definitely <laughs> had to take my time and make sure like this is something that I wanted to do. And then, yeah, once I started, I was like, oh, this is actually really fun. Um, so yeah, and then, yeah, I do have like plans of how I would like to expand. Um, but 
I am also working on doing alternate versions of my singles that have been released um, starting last year and then through this year. So I'm hoping to release that before the end of the year and then working on new stuff. Exactly. Oh working my goodness. New songs, new, yeah, writing new songs. Um, so I'm excited to end this year. I'm excited to see where 2020 goes. Um, and then hoping, obviously hoping for much more success and opportunities to come in. Um, but yeah. Girl, you're going to create it. I'm going to watch. <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm so excited too. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's, let's just, well, tell everyone so we can watch you know, watch along with me, um, your success and your new releases and your sound scrub and all of that. Tell us, remind us where we can find you again, because okay. we've probably already forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> so everything um, is on my website, lisadanae.com, L-I-S-A-D-A-N-A-E.com. And then all of my social media handles. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube is Lisa Danae Music. And then, Perfect. of course, on iTunes and Spotify. Yes. And all, all that jazz. All Apple those music. shenanigans. <laughs> and the podcast. Um, yeah. Because podcast. this this episode will be airing after um, the pod, your podcast, like basically pretty much the, yeah. the Friday right after your podcast starts. So it's perfect, perfectly timed, who would have thought? So Sound Scrub, it's called Sound Scrub, yes, and we can find it on anywhere, probably like- On Apple Podcasts, Apple. and then Google, and Spotify. So all the the basics. The, the yeah, basics. the majors. The, the majors, that's, I mean, that's where you want to find it anyway. Yeah. Um, thank you so, so much. I am just so glad, like, this is like, this is, I, I, because, Mick Lucas, like he, I texted him like months ago, like, Hey, do you have like a, you were like awesome on the podcast. Do you have any like others, you know? And like, he was like, yeah, Lisa, Lisa Danae is top of mind right now. I'll get you some others. And then like, I just like, it, I'm just, I'm, I'm a slacker. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, that's okay. I take time. I'm, I'm take so excited. Time. Or I was <laughs> really honored to be asked. So I'm so you. glad. Yeah, you are. <laughs> episode 21 i believe if all goes correct so yeah. mm, it's gonna be so <laughs> <laughs> thank you so so much you were absolutely amazing thank um, you just just i'm blessed we are blessed all right well thank you my beautiful creators for joining me and the lovely lisa today here on mind made wrong wherever you're listening and if you're watching us on the lovely YouTube. Please subscribe if you have not already and give it a like and hit that little tiny bell and go subscribe. Lisa Danae music on YouTube. Yeah. It's just down in the description box. Don't don't slack don't slack like me. Rush. Rush. Walk, don't run. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, my friends, thank you so, so much for being here with me this week and listening to this interview. I hope you got something valuable from it. And if you did, I would so, so appreciate you leaving me a review 
on iTunes or wherever you listen, if that's possible, and tagging me on Instagram. Just take a little screenshot of the podcast and tagging me in your stories. I'm at Steel Maggie HQ and let me know what you liked about this episode. And that's going to be all for today. Next week, I will see you for another awesome episode of Mind Made Wrong. But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye.